He'll make it for sure. Now that's why I backed him on Tab Touch. Hey, Luke. Yes, Gene Simmons. He's probably the best when it comes to this stuff. Thanks, Gene. You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle and it's fair to say things are heating up in the NBL world, Cody, and it's fair to say that it's impossible to predict what we're going to see night after night. It's a bit of a crazy world that we're seeing and we're getting no clearer to finding any answers of who we're going to find making the top six especially. We might know who's making the top two. Mm -hmm. We might be able to rule out a couple more teams from the race as well, but in between, good luck trying to work out who's, who's going to do what. So round 15 in the NBL, Cody, we saw... Double overtime between the Jack Jumpers and the Hawks. Bryce Cotton turned turned it on for his dad, maybe more than anyone, or yeah. maybe he had, maybe he had a point to prove for some on that Phoenix bench as well. He mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't short of a word to them. Jalen Adams, talk about going from a horrible performance <laughs> to a brilliant one. He turned it on for the Sydney Kings on Sunday. Fascinated to get your thoughts on Zylan Cheatham mm-hmm. calling for a timeout, Cody. That was an unfortunate end for the New Zealand Breakers in New Plymouth. Um, all of a sudden, we've got the Wildcats and the Bullets, the two hottest teams in the league, getting set for a Friday night cracker at RAC Arena. Like I said, a wildly contrasting weekend for the Sydney Kings. Saw some big dunks. We saw some game winners. A lot of free throws too, Cody. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot for us to get through in, in this one hour. We'll try to cram it all in. We're here, as always, thanks to Hoop7 and Tab Touch. I'm Chris Pike, but the man everyone's tuning to hear from, Cody Ellis. How are you holding up in the heat, first of all? Yeah, it's been hot. It has been hot. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, work's been pretty hectic. So, uh, yeah, fairly exhausted all the time at the yes. moment. But, uh, yeah, getting through it, mate, getting through it. So hot we didn't even get our open air game yeah, on Saturday I night. Know, Saturday night. disappointing, right? Mm. Disappointing, but at the same time, I think they made the right decision. Yeah, definitely did. Definitely <laughs> that, did. that same afternoon in Perth, there was a... a a big bash game at, at Optus Stadium, and I I don't think anyone in that stadium would have complained if they had a roof on that building. Yeah, so no. I think everybody at RAC Arena was very happy that the roof the roof didn't open. Oh, absolutely, especially with the time of the game too. Yep. You know that that sun probably would have been blaring in there as well, mm-hmm. and would have just heated everything up, <laughs> yes. and it would have yeah it would have been all bad, I reckon. Yes. So it was good. Yes, um, I think they made the right call, and it's just the reality of living in Perth. Yeah, as you know. Um, you spent the weekend up in Geraldton as well, did you? Mm. Did you survive? Yes, it was actually nice and, well, not nice and cool, but a lot cooler than it was down here. Get a bit, so, more, bit more of a sea breeze. A little bit, but just the temperatures in general okay. were, yeah. uh, were were lower, and I believe they have been all summer, which has mm. been a bit strange, but mm. uh, we weren't complaining, although, <laughs> yeah, still uh, extremely hot. Mm. But, yeah. Anyone from the Geraldton Buccaneers try to have a chat to you? Uh, no, no, none of them came through, so okay. uh, all good. So you're still retired? Still retired, mate. Still retired. Still retired. <laughs> is this the time when you're most happy with that decision that you're not doing a preseason? Yeah, right, right yeah. now. Yeah, Sunday mornings, <laughs> uh, up early and in the stinking hot. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not upset that I'm missing those. <laughs> um, okay, so a lot for us to get through. This was a pretty crazy weekend um, in the NBL, Cody, and I think we have to start double overtime. The Jack Jumpers and the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a crazy game. I mean, the Jack Jumpers almost had no right to even force the game into overtime yeah. until Milton Doyle 
we we talked about Antonius Cleveland putting on his Superman cape yeah. at times last season for Adelaide. Milton Doyle did that late in this game. Hit a couple of massive threes, and then he looked like he was going to be the the match winner for them in overtime mm. as well. And then yeah, he fouled out, which was a bit of a story yeah. story of the of the game for the Jack Jumpers. Um, and then it was Tyler Harvey's turn, firstly to get the game to a second overtime, and then to to win the game for the Hawks. These sort of double, triple, quadruple overtime games seem to follow the Hawks around a little bit over, over the years. Um, what did you make of this one? Yeah, look, um, the Hawks kind of had it in control for most yeah. of the game. So I actually I thought if Tassie figured out how to hit the lead, I thought that they'd keep it mm. and run away with it a bit. Mm. But, you know, credit to the Hawks. You know, Tassie did eventually hit the lead at, at, at points in the game mm. and Hawks just fought back. They mm. were... Um, Unreal. It was it was a really good game. I think that uh, you're right. Doyle foul, fouling out obviously doesn't mm. help, and losing him for for big chunks of those overtimes is is not ideal, especially when uh, McVeigh had already fouled out too, and then yeah. McVeigh fouled out as well. Yes. So yeah, look, lots of uh, lots of whistles again, and <laughs> yes. you know, again we we touch on that every single week. But uh, you know, games that go to double triple overtime, you don't want. You know, three of your stars to be sitting on the sideline. No. Um, unfortunately, but is what it is, and and uh, and the Hawks did a good job to to come away with the win. Tyler Harvey, um, a little bit of a dubious foul <laughs> on on Jordan Crawford, mm. where I don't know if the call was that he clipped his leg or if he pushed him in the back. I don't know what they what they called. No. They, it looked like the very minimal contact on yeah, the wasn't much. on the replay. Um, but then he hit a massive three mm-hmm. at the end of the second overtime as well. He's making a real habit of coming up in these biggest in the biggest moments in in these sort of games. Yeah, loves it, loves mm. the clutch, which is which is cool. And you know, there's there's a couple of players around the league that uh, they really show up late in games like that, mm. especially close ones. But yeah, look, that foul mm. on Crawford. I mean, watching the replays, and it was there was nothing in it. He didn't. S- didn't Scott Ross didn't feet. challenge. Was that because he didn't have a challenge left? I don't oh, think he did. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty he sure he have. lost it earlier earlier in the fourth. I think yeah. he, he lost it. Um, can't remember what it was though. Mm. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he would have had to. He would have had to have, wouldn't definitely. Yeah. And he would have won it. I think there's so. there's yeah. no doubt he would have won it because and they probably win the game too. Yeah, well they would have. So the only real contact that Crawford made was kind of a hand mm. on Harvey's hip ish, yeah. but it was just there. It wasn't. <laughs> he didn't extend it. No. You know, as soon as Tyler went up into his motion, he kind of backed away, hands back, mm. and all of Harvey's momentum was moving forward anyway yes. like yeah. he was always gonna do something like that mm. and, and chuck up a prayer and yeah it's a, it's a big call to finish a yes. game <laughs> it, it, it was we'll talk more about all these games in more detail as we go along but when you're playing a double overtime game like that on a friday night and then you need to back up on a on a sunday with a trip in between is there any any surprise in your mind that the Hawks struggled a little bit to to back it up on sunday in brisbane not at all not at all and especially the way they play you know they're yeah. They've been up tempo, you know. They've been a lot better with up and in on the defensive end. They they expel a lot of energy throughout yes. these games. So, you know, to finish on a double overtime, have to travel and then play basically a day and a half later. Mm. That's a lot, especially up against you know another team that's one of the hotter teams in the league right now. Yes. So, didn't overly surprise me, although I thought it could have been a bit of an ugly one. And mm. they they did make it respectable, which was which was good. Oh, the high scoring game. Yeah. I think it was a what was it? It was a 110 to 103 yeah, yeah, in, in, so. the, in the end. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, there was a lot to digest across the weekend, Cody. Um, what stood out to you? You can comment on all of these or mm-hmm. pick what you like, but Bryce Cotton's first half against the Phoenix where he was just unstoppable, 
how bad the Kings were against Adelaide, but then how good they were on Sunday against the Breakers. Unfortunately, Zylan Cheatham calling for a timeout that denied the Breakers a chance to, to win the game at the end. Chris Smith's game winner for the Bullets. There's a lot of things that stood out. Yeah, there was lots. There was lots. And we'll, obviously, we'll talk about all of that, I think. But the one thing that I want to talk about is the Wildcats medical staff yes. here in Perth mm-hmm. with uh, Doolittle. Clearly concussed, mm. Extru- like so clearly concussed with that head knock with Mitch Creek. Yep. Was holding his head, rubbing his head for quite a few minutes. Mm. Played about four or five more minutes of mm. actual game time. So it's probably about 15, 20 minutes of actually being yeah. out on the floor. Mm. No one said anything. Like there was no, no subs, no one to the bench, no one even looking like they were going to come in for him. Mm. <laughs> Got little Albus in here making some noise and, and running away with something. <laughs> Uh, Bye, Elvis. All right, Cody. Sorry, we're no, back. We're back we're after Elvis's interruption. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it was just—it was so strange to see. No one even like mention it because it mm. seemed like even when he did come off, it seemed like really spoke to him about something that had happened mm. on the floor and mm. didn't even mention. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, it was very obvious. He was. I mean, obviously. It, it was easy for us to tell because yeah. I was zooming in on his yeah, face yeah, yeah. and he just looked completely out yeah, of it and dazed. I, I don't necessarily blame John really for not noticing, no, 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 but no. I, I'm amazed that the medical staff didn't well, notice yeah. and then tell John to get him out well, of the game. That's the big thing. And that's, yeah. like I said, that's why I've mentioned the medical staff yeah. because they're the ones that should be on that. Mm. Any, any head knock should straight yeah. away be, all right, come on, mm. come at least check you out. Yeah. And then we saw as soon as he did come off, straight back to the locker room, ruled out for the game with, and we found out since that mm. he does have concussion symptoms and he's yeah. obviously very clearly concussed. And he, he won't play this weekend no. at all. Yeah. No, you wouldn't think so. Mm. And I, I'm not actually 100% sure on what the rules are in the NBL around concussions. I'm I know, not sure if they have an official protocol. I don't think so. I know mm. AFL is if you're concussed, then you're automatically out the next week, yeah. which I do think is a really good thing. Yeah. And I think that's something yeah. that it's obviously a bit different in basketball than, mm. than footy, but... You know, it's, it's still. I'm not sure. Any, so a head knock's a head yeah, knock, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. And you know, with with all the all the stuff that we now know about all the head knocks mm. and, and all that is uh, is something that needs to be taken fairly seriously. Mm. So um, I was actually, yeah, I was, I was very shocked with when I saw that, and mm. or saw the lack of action towards yeah. it straight away. So because um, he just constantly had his hand on his head, he didn't, rubbing he the didn't side look of his right head. at all. He was no. every time he'd get the ball, he just kind of like threw it and lob past it, you know, mm. across the court and then just, yeah, he was very clearly out of it on his feet. And I don't think it's, it's not his fault because he was, no. he was clearly dazed and probably didn't know what was going on really. No. And he's also when you're, comp- you're a competitor, you don't want to take yourself no. out of the game. So, I mean, it, it's not on his shoulders either no, to, not to not demand himself to yeah. come out. No, no, mm. exactly. So, yeah, look, bit of a tough look there. And it was, yeah, um, yeah it, was, it, was, it was very odd that it took them that long to, mm. to figure it out and to get him off. It's an interesting talking point as well because it's it's topical right now because unfortunately we've seen Shay Yilly have to miss this past weekend as well mm-hmm. with more concussion symptoms yep. and he's battled it now for for a long time. Yep. Um, we've seen Delhi earlier in the season. Yep. Same and thing. also Sam Wardenberg took a yep. knock at training this past week for the Taipans and he, he missed last week and he won't be back mm-hmm. at least for this their week. next game either. I want to get your thoughts on someone like Shay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
how many how many more head knocks before he has to call it? Well, <laughs> how close is it getting to the point it's, where he might not be able to keep coming back? It's it's got to be close. We we thought this was it last year? Or? Yeah, it was yeah, last year. It was yeah. last year when he missed just chunks of yep. time um, with all these concussion symptoms and symptoms that just wouldn't go away. Yep. We kind of thought that you know this year if it, if it kind of happened, then he'd probably have to look at what his options are. Yeah. Um, you know, we've we've seen we've seen him take very little knocks and it be yeah. out on his feet. You yeah. know, with guys like Matty Knight, we yeah. saw the same thing towards the end of his career. Yeah. You know, it took very little to be to be able to basically knock him out on his feet. Yeah. And we're starting to see that a bit with Shea, unfortunately. Yeah. So that was always my concern with him going into this year. And yeah, look, depending on how long he's out for and how long his symptoms last now, yeah. I think we've probably got to start thinking about that kind of uh, avenue and mm. and what they do moving forward because mm. it's yeah it's it's uh, it's a very serious issue the unfortunate thing is it's not like another body part your brain doesn't doesn't heal no once your brain's damaged it's yes yeah. it's, it's damaged and he I mean he's a guy that's got 60 years of life to yeah. to live so I mean he wants to have a, have a working brain for for the rest of those <laughs> years exactly. doesn't he yeah well that's it you know so it's it's one of those things that there's, there's just some injuries that you have to take more seriously than yeah. others, and, and obviously uh, head knocks are, are probably top of the list. Yeah. Um, all right, so round 15, Cody. It started back on Wednesday night, and it ended up with a game winner for Chris Smith on a night where the Brisbane Bullets found out that they can win without Nathan Sobey. So they beat the Tasmania Jack Jumpers 80-77. to And then we saw a dismal performance from the Sydney Kings, another sold-out record crowd for the Adelaide 36ers, who won 95-2. 82, then we'll get to this one pretty quickly. In New Plymouth, Melbourne United beat the New Zealand Breakers 82 to 81. And then second up, as we talked about before, um, on Friday night, the Illawarra Hawks 108 in double overtime, 107 over the Jack Jumpers. Then on Saturday, the Cairns Taipans 111, another overtime game over the Adelaide 36ers 101. Perth Wildcats with the roof closed at RAC Arena beat the South East Melbourne Phoenix 100 to 79. And then on Sunday, the Brisbane Bullets 110 beat the Illawarra Hawks 103. And the Sydney Kings bounce back emphatically 105 over the New Zealand Breakers 76. Um, I'll start with the Sydney Kings, Cody. Yep. What were you thinking on Thursday night after that loss to, to Adelaide? Well, I thought that was almost their season because yeah. I thought after that loss, none of them really were, I guess, in it at all. Throughout the game, there, yeah. there was no one really locked in, and they just looked all over the place. And you know, Adelaide kind of ran circles around them a little mm-hmm. bit. And um, yeah, I thought, you know, if, if this is how they're going to respond to some adversity mm-hmm. from their last few games, then I don't see how they turn it around. Yeah. Um, they've they've certainly got enough talent for it, yes. Uh, which is what we saw at the start of the year, which I think is why they were so far ahead. Yep. Um, but now that teams are starting to adjust and, and those sort of things, it's um, it's it's a bit telling with, with how they they have been playing. Mm. Um, and then yeah, look, turn it around, complete <laughs> one eighty on I the mean, weekend. It, it takes some effort to do that because every single sign you could look at was horrible on mm. Thursday night. I mean, even the shooting of their stars. I mean, Jalen Adams, Denzel mm. Valentine, Jonah Bolden combined to go nine of thirty nine from the field, zero of fourteen from three. It wasn't just the shooting. Some of their body language was really poor. Their, their defense was poor. Jalen Adams probably led the charge. He mm-hmm. just wouldn't wouldn't get back on defense no. at times. What does it take to turn it around three days later, though? How do you how do you do that as a, either the coaching staff or the playing group or or both? 
Look, I think it's it's probably more the playing group. Mm-hmm. I think just kind of, you know, whether they had a bit of a team meeting, you know, just the players only thing, which mm-hmm. I'm sure, which is probably well overdue for them, mm-hmm. or, or what happened. But you know, they they just kind of figured it out and went out and, and just played. Mm-hmm. You know, they they weren't bogged down in, in a lot of stuff. They didn't really take um, as many poor shots as they have been, mm-hmm. and you know. Obviously, having Jalen Adams do what he did, and, yeah. and that was kind of the Jalen Adams that we mm. know, and that was the MVP that yep. he was when he was first here, and that makes a big difference. Mm. But for a team like this, making shots makes a big difference. Mm. You know, obviously, he couldn't make a shot versus Adelaide, and then couldn't miss versus New Zealand, basically. So, well, I don't think I've ever seen a shooting performance. I think they were seventy-six percent at halftime from yeah. the field, eleven of fifteen. From three, yep. I don't, I don't, I seriously don't remember ever seeing numbers like that. No, it's ridiculous. That's unbelievable, and you know, it doesn't matter what New Zealand was doing; it mm. didn't really matter at that point. Mm. So, yeah, look, I mean, that's probably as bad as you'll see the Kings, and as good as you'll see the Kings yep. as well. So, if they can narrow that gap between mm. the two, um, obviously bring their their worst up. You know, they don't want to bring their best down, but <laughs> yes. um, then they'll be tough. But they've got to be able to figure that out and not just rely on making shots. They've got yep. to figure it out in other ways as well. It's easy to say this after the game when you've had a great performance. Mm. But um, Coach Mahmoud abdul Fader made a point that in between, he told his players to just try and forget about the distractions, mm-hmm. try not to get too down on yourself, just go out and have fun and play play with freedom. Um, when, it, when it works, it's easy to come out and yeah. say that. But could it be as simple as that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, with, with the talent they have, it's... Um, it's something that can really can turn on on the drop of a hat, yep. and very clearly saw that um, in their second game. And look, it, it is hard to, after a streak of losses, to just forget about it and mm. move on to the next one. But I, I think probably what happened from that Adelaide to to the New Zealand game is probably they, well, I guess the, the past few weeks they've probably gone really in-depth with video and what they're doing wrong mm. and all this sort of stuff. And I feel like this weekend they just, after the game, kind of wiped the slate clean and looked forward to New Zealand mm. and, and um, right or wrong, basically, mm. um, and, and what they've been doing. Yeah. And it obviously, obviously worked. Yeah. So, you know, whatever they did do, <laughs> obviously they need to keep doing that, I think. 16,000 fans cheering them on for the pink mm. game as well. That it was awesome. That, that had to have helped their spirits too. Well, that, yeah, that probably helped. You know, mm. a, bit of a, a bit of hype around the game and mm. big crowd mm. uh, and, you know, playing for something more than just the game at hand as well. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm sure that obviously uh, helped them, helped mm. them with uh, a bit of, bit of hype and, and getting up and around for the game, but uh, it was good to see. Before we take our first break, let's stick with the team that they beat on Sunday, the mm. Breakers. As good as the Kings were, how much were they helped to look good by how poor the breakers were? Yeah, they, they weren't good. Mm. <laughs> they weren't good. Mm. And, and again, you know, we kind of saw how bad they can be, but also, you know, how good they can be as well, yeah. you know, against Melbourne. And it's tough. They're, they're really, they've kind of got to a point where they started to fight back and really thought that they would make a bit of a push for the mm. for these final spot and then they go and have... Well, they, you know, they'd won four straight only a yeah. couple of weeks ago. Yep, and then they go have a bit of a blip this yep. weekend and, yeah. and pretty much I think that's probably their season done after this yeah. weekend. They're 8-12, they're a long makes way back. Makes it very hard, yeah. makes it very hard. I mean, look, it's only, I think, two wins behind like third or something or fourth yes. maybe. Yeah. Or oh, two losses, sorry. Oh, well, but well, still well, a few well, more. Tassie are third at, with 11 losses and New Zealand's had 12 losses. So, I mean, yeah. 
Loss wise, they're not that bad, but it's, it's, right it's hard to see them going on a winning streak, isn't it? It is. It is. I think there's too many teams above them playing too well, yeah. unfortunately, and even even Adelaide behind them mm. who, are, who are playing a lot better. So I, I think it's going to be hard for them after they they probably needed to at least split this weekend. But yeah, I can't see I can't see them making a push mm. for that six now. Well, they had a good chance in New Plymouth against Melbourne. Dude. Before we get to Zylan Cheatham, Matthew Delavidova going to the foul line for his two shots. Clearly, he wasn't in his shooting motion no. when Will McDowell-White reached around to no. deliberately foul him because yeah. they had a foul to give. He was smart enough to yeah. then quickly make it look like he was shooting. But they challenged it and they still yeah. they still made the decision that he was in his shooting motion. Did they make the right decision? I don't think so. I mean, you're, you're the shooter in that position a lot where you try to make it look like you're shooting. Oh, for sure. I mean, would you expect to get that call like Daly did? It's a tough one. You know, you'd obviously try it. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, you know, especially when it... When they challenged it, it went to review and they didn't overturn it. I mm. thought that was pretty odd. I, I didn't think, you know, when he reached and he made the contact that he was in his shooting motion mm-hmm. at all. Not, not um, close. What no. even looking at the rim. No. He was he was kind of looking opposite wing and so yeah, look, a little a little surprising that he ended up getting those free throws. But yeah, look, I mean, it's a tough one. Uh, as the offense, you, you love that. But um, yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty rare that you actually get those ones. Mm. And then what we saw was Daly make the first to put Melbourne in front, and then he deliberately misses the second. The ball ends up in Cheatham's hands, and he thought he was playing in the NBA again, he's calling for a timeout. Is that just – I mean, I'm, he, his intentions are pure, obviously. He's oh, trying sure. to, to do the right thing, um, and he's probably done that his whole life, in fairness to him. Yep. Um, and in the heat of the moment, it's probably tough to remember that that's no longer the rules I'm playing under, but at the same time, part of me thinks – how does that happen? Yeah, no, you you got to understand where you're playing. Mm. You know, you got to you got to understand the rules. And yeah, it's, yeah, it was very interesting to to watch that happen. And <laughs> what went through your mind when you saw him do it? I'm just dumbfounded, to be <laughs> honest with you. Um, well, especially for a guy that has has shown that he understands the game pretty well. Yes. You know, um, especially as a big, you know, I feel like he he reads and understands the game really well. Yeah. Yeah. Look, just just a brain fade. I mean, mm. that's pretty much all you can put it mm. down to. Mm. Um, you're right, probably probably done that his whole life because you can do it in college as well. Yeah. And then NBA, you can do it. G League, you can do it. Yeah. So, but I mean, he's been here. You think he'd been here long mm. enough now that... Uh, well, he hasn't seen a play call a timeout all no, season, has he? No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, whether he's actually paying a whole lot of attention mm. to, to other mm. games or not. But um, yeah, it sucks. It's, a, it's not, not a good way to finish a game. Yeah. Um, what do you think... Modi would have said to him afterwards, or, or would he even bring it up? I don't know. Actually, mm. it's, a, it's a tough one. You know, mm. um, he obviously knows he, he did wrong, and mm. I think you'd probably leave it at that. To be honest yeah, with yeah. you, I don't think you'd you wouldn't blow up about it or anything like yeah. that. You know, well, I did ask Modi that question after mm-hmm. the game, and he said, "All I will tell him is that is a, that I love him." Mm. If another coach says that, I might think that he says will say something differently in reality. But I could imagine Modi actually being just like that. Oh, absolutely. And look, he's obviously, after the game, he'd be feeling like he lost the game for them. So he would be yeah, he not feeling good about yeah, himself. Yeah. So, you know, the last thing you need to be doing is going and going at him for that. So, um, yeah, look, like I said, it's a brain fade. It happens. That one play isn't the reason they lost. Yeah, which is um, exactly also when I asked Anthony Lamb about it afterwards is what, yeah. what, what he said. Well, that's it. You know, it's, He said none of us will be blaming him. No. Not at all. You know, that's not the reason you lose the game. Mm. You know, there's plenty of other plays throughout the game that you could change one or one or two of and, and it would change the outcome. But um yeah, look, it, it 
it's just one of those things that these things happen at late game and that's kind of what gets blamed for losses. Yeah. You know, that's what gets cheered on for wins and yeah. it's not always how it works. Yeah. I asked him for another Anthony Lamb guarantee as well, but I didn't, <laughs> didn't quite get one. Um, and luckily so for what happened on Sunday. So last thing on the breakers, they seem to get the, the rough end of the stick a lot. Yeah. There's not much more we can say about it except we feel sorry for them really because they, they play in New Plymouth on Friday night. You have to travel from New Plymouth back to Auckland, mm-hmm. go from Auckland to Sydney, play on Sunday afternoon in Sydney. Why do they cop this more than anybody else? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, the, the fact that they probably travel more than any other team for mm-hmm. home games as well. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they go all over the island to, yeah. to showcase for the, for the whole country, which, mm-hmm. is, which is awesome. Yeah. You, you love to see that. And um, it's great for New Zealand basketball mm-hmm. and, and that they can do that. Yeah. But, I mean, just a Sydney-Melbourne double, uh, ridiculous double anyway. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, let alone the travel. Or even if they were just coming from Auckland, it's bad enough. Yeah, exactly. So, look, it's tough. It happens. Caught caught Sydney on the wrong end of the stick Mm. on on a game that it's not surprising that they had a breakout game because they were Mm. due. So, yeah, look, it's just it was a brutal weekend for them, unfortunately. All right, Cody. Still a lot more for us to talk about. Let's take a break here from Tab Touch and then we'll... Keep going through it all. Sounds good. He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tap Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Okay, back on Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle, Cody. Um, where do we want to go next? Why don't we go to the Perth Wildcats? We talked enough about how good Bryce Codden is last week and... Mm-hmm. All he did was continue to show how, how good he is. That was as good a first half as we've probably ever seen from him. And, and then after that, the Phoenix did everything in their possible powers to just deny him the ball in the yeah. second half. But the good thing from the Wildcats' point of view was that everybody else stepped up in that situation. No one more so than Ty Webster. He copped a lot of criticism in the first half of the season, and we probably weren't immune to jumping on, on board either. But we've also noticed how important he is to that team as well. And He's as important to that team as anybody, and he's as important as anybody to Bryce being able to play well because of the way he sets up Bryce. What do you think of what Ty's doing? And I'll get your thoughts on the Phoenix's decision to step off him shortly, but what do you think of what Ty's doing? Because we probably didn't see this coming six six months ago. No, not at all. And look, he's changed his game. He's changed his game to um, run run the team, basically. So he's kind of come in as that. We should be a two guard, mm-hmm. really, kind of that scoring two well, guard. And we've always seen him as a shoot first player, yeah. haven't we? Before this, exactly. But when you've got a guy like Bryce Cotton mm. on your team, you you're <laughs> not going to be first rung, yeah. you know. So, look, all credit to him; he's been unbelievable. Mm. And and I think the reason that they are where they are is because of Ty. Yep. And we saw that when he was out for that game, they really struggled. Mm. Um, and then once he's slotted back in, they were back to what they were before that. Mm. It was. Um, you know, it's it's given Bryce that opportunity to be running off picks like we talked about, mm. you know, the first month of the season, yep. like what he should be doing. That's mm. how you get him to yes. be as successful as he possibly can be. But yeah, Ty's been awesome. He, he's been really good and running that team so well. And uh, look, scoring when he needs to, mm. when, when he mm. sees that advantage that he's got mm. and he... You know, he's had opportunities where he's had those smaller guards on him. He's just taken them down low, yeah. posted them up. He's got real good post game for mm. a guard and still does all these, uh, you know, two littles and yes. flexes and yes. faces and 
look, that's the, that's his character. Oh, he's, you know? he's a showman, isn't he? Yes, he, is. he absolutely <laughs> is. And you know, that's it's good to see, especially amongst a team that doesn't really have anyone else. Very like quiet. That. Team, everyone, yeah. everyone else is a lot more, you know, stern, and their demeanor is a mm. lot more um, concentrated on the game. Mm. And teams need someone like that mm. to, to be able to, to liven it up a little bit. Yeah. He certainly does that. What about the way teams have decided to step off him? So when we've seen this in the past on guards, you've even been teammates to a couple. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's happened to Mitch Norton in the past. It yep. probably even happened to Reese Martin at different mm-hmm. different times. Going back, it's happened to Damien Martin, it happened to Brad Robbins. I mean, it's happened to different guards, but those guards aren't, aren't natural shooters. I mean, Ty, going back over the whole his whole professional career, he's been a 33% three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. That's not, not bad by no. any stretch. Why do you – I mean, it's because of Bryce. They want to deny Bryce, but – what do you think of teams stepping off him? Is it is it the right defensive play to make? I think at times, yeah, mm. pack the paint a little bit, mm. um, which is what they were doing. They, you know, Southeast had uh, Alan Williams on yes. for for plays, yeah. and you saw him just sit under the rim and mm. just kind of protect the paint a bit. Yep. Um, and you know, we, we saw a couple of times where the ball swung and it hit Ty's hands, and he moved it on straight away, even though mm. he was wide open. Mm. And then a couple other times where he was wide open and look missed a shot or two. Mm. I think what they want to do is make it someone else has to beat them, which is what you have to do against yes, the Cats. Someone yes. else has to beat you. You can't let Bryce beat you, whether you're throwing doubles at him or, mm. or whatever you're trying to do. A lot easier said than done, obviously. <laughs> yes. But, um, yeah, look, I don't think he is – he's certainly not the worst shooter in the world. Mm. So um, I think it's it's something that you have to throw at him in little spurts. You can't yeah. just play a whole game like that. Um, and look, team, teams are going to live with probably, or well, I, I assume teams are going to live with him making shots like mm. that out in the open. I think he's a lot better when he's like catch and shoot straight yeah. away rather than catch and look and then, all right, eye is shot up. But um, it didn't work overly well. I'm, I'm not mm. going to say it completely failed because, mm. you know, he, he took some shots that were probably a bit out of what they wanted. Yeah. But it's still, it's, it's a tough one. Let's go to the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, Cody. Mm. It's amazing to think that they're still in third position because they've now been struggling for a little while. They've lost their last two, they've lost four of the last five, and six of the last eight. Yeah. Um, but they're still in third position. 11 and 11's in third spots. That's probably, I mean, we thought 12 or 13 losses might be about as many as you can, can have and still make the playoffs. Yeah. But right now, you can probably get in with a 500 record. Yeah. Um, are you worried for the Jack Jumpers, though? A little bit. It, it's kind of yes and no, I guess. And look, I feel like this year you're going to be able to make the six with a losing record. Yeah, well, the way that's going. Absolutely. So, and even, even, um, even you could be third or fourth and probably 14 wins yeah, if you make it. Which is, which is crazy. Um, but look, Tazzy's, Tazzy's in a little bit of a, a weird space, similar to what Sydney are. Mm. Um, you know, those, those records are fairly similar to what Sydney has been going through yep, as well. Yep. And, a lot more losses than wins in the mm. in recent times, and they're they're kind of in, in a bit of a rut in terms of like their their offense. I feel like it gets a little stagnant at times, mm. and and mm. that's what we saw earlier in the season. Their offense was humming, you know, yeah. and it was their defense that really yeah. needed to pick up. I think with with Magno being back in the lineup for some time now, he's really bolstered their defense. It's still not great. Mm. I think it can be a lot better. 
Um, as Scott Roth thinks it can be yes. a lot better, obviously. And, and he gives them a rim protector that Marcus Lee doesn't really give them. Yes, exactly. And look, Marcus Lee's been really good at staying out of foul trouble. He He's finally adjusted, yes. which is great, which is awesome to see. And I mean, that's it's, it's tough when you've got you know Marcus Lee, then he subs, and you got Will mm. Magne. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep switching between those two. Yeah. That's two pretty good bigs. Mm. So, look, I think I think they're okay. I think they're mm-hmm. okay. They they won't want to lose too many more and, and fall out of the four by mm. any stretch. But mm. you know, everyone below them, everyone's beating everyone. Yeah. You know, like no one is really dominating uh, over any other teams. You mm. know, we, we could have the exact same game three weeks in a row, mm. and you'd have one win, one team win once, and then another team win, yeah. and then it'd be overtime game. And <laughs> you know, no one's really got the wood over anyone. No. So it's. Uh, it's an interesting little jumble from third to really third to tenth yeah, <laughs> is yeah. is a really really odd mix, but no, I think I think Tassie's going to be fine. Yeah. I think um, they've they've got the right pieces. It's just they've got to start clicking properly. Yeah, I mean sometimes those numbers can be deceiving. They they lost their two games last weekend, but you know the game against Brisbane was a, a Chris Smith shot on the buzzer. They could yep. have won that game and. Yep. The Hawks game was a double overtime game where yeah. both teams had their chances chances to win, and I think just about all of their eleven losses they've had a chance to win. So, mm-hmm. the, so the gap probably isn't as big between their best and worst like like a Sydney. So, yeah. I mean, they could easily have won a lot more of those games, and mm-hmm. you know they probably could have also, also lost a lot more of them. But yeah. I feel like they're still competing and a chance to win all of those games. Yeah, well, I think it, I'm pretty sure it was Tassie that um, on the broadcast a couple of weeks ago they were saying that of Tassie's losses, there's only maybe one that's in double digits or something crazy along those lines. You know, they're always in games. They always hang around. They stick around. Well, they haven't had a double well, there you go. Uh, yeah. double figure loss. Their biggest loss was was eight points to, to Sydney. Well, there you go. So they're in every single game. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of those games have, well, like we saw this weekend, have mm. come down to a last-second yeah. shot or, you know, a play or two late in the game that mm. has decided it. Mm. And I feel like those are the kind of games that they would win last year. Yeah. And they just haven't found a way to do that. You know, they've had a couple of games where they've been able to um, get the win late in games. Hmm. Um, you know, we've seen Jack McVeigh. You know, <laughs> yes, hit, yes, hit a hit a game winner, and we've seen Milton Doyle play hero a couple of times. Oh, I mean, that's just what he does. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, look, it's I'm not overly concerned for them. I think they'll be all right, and I do think they'll end up sitting in that third spot. Yep. Um, but yeah, they've got a uh, they've, no, got they've got to a massive a... they've got a massive percentage gap on on the Reds, mm. and that's probably because they they haven't haven't lost it by any sort of big margins like everybody else has. Well, that's it, that's it. Which is yeah, again, like I said, that's why their percentage is so good, and that's why some of the teams that are on a roll now, that's why their percentage isn't so good. Yeah. Just because start of the year they had some big blowout losses, mm. and, and that really hurts. So look, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw uh, a repeat of a couple of years ago where, where a team's going to miss out on playoffs by a bucket oh, or two yeah. you know, over a full season. Absolutely. So, Yes, um, absolutely. One of those teams is the Brisbane Bullets. Um, they're playing catch-up, but they're doing a great job of it mm. right now. So they've won four in a row. They've gone up to fifth spot. They're, they're on the same record as the Jack Jumpers at 11 and 11. Um, mm. They still aren't playing with a full squad, though. No. So what I liked about this, this past weekend, their two wins, they beat... The Jack Jumpers without Nathan Sobey, who'd Huge. been on an absolute tear, as we talked about yep. last week, he was, you know, over the last probably month, he's been behind Bryce, probably the second mm-hmm. best player across the, the totally competition. Agree. So then they win without him. And then on Sunday, they basically don't have a power forward. Yep. So Josh Bannon, their starting four man, was, was out, out sick. And then 
the man backing him up is Casey Prather. So they went small mostly with yep. Sam McDaniel sort of in that four spot and at times they went really big with, mm. with Aaron Baines in the four spot. So yeah. to win those two games without a key player or mm. two in each of them, that says a lot about how well they're going. Yeah, and it, it kind of shows how well balanced they are as a team as well. So, you know, they, they can rely on, on guys like Sobes being, yeah, I agree with you, second in MVP voting mm. for me right now. Mm. And, you know, have a guy like him out and what he produces for your team and to be able to still come away with a really good win mm. is huge. And then, yeah, Bannon's been unbelievable for them yeah. this year. I think he's been so good and just consistent. Um, Casey Prather, we still haven't seen for a whole lot. So, you know, he's still only getting little mm. spurts here yeah. and there. And, and then didn't play at all on Sunday. Yeah, no. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how he, how his minutes, I guess, climb, if they will. Yeah, I was chewing on a little matchstick. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. It's um, it, it's certainly a credit to to how well balanced they are and how they can just fill the void when necessary. Mm. Where do you put them in the mix of – I think we agree, Melbourne and Perth are the, the yeah. best two teams. Yeah. Where do you put Brisbane in the mix of the next batch of teams? Look, I, I think they're certainly type, uh, fighting for that top four spot, and I mm. think they're right there. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, them and the Hawks are probably the – two hotter teams in the league yeah. right now and, and playing some of the best basketball. And, um, you know, they're, like I said, they're 11-11, which is tied with both Sydney and Tassie above them. And mm. their only issue is their percentage. Yeah. Um, and that's the same with the, with the Hawks. So they can figure out how to keep, uh, keep getting some wins. Mm. Um, I don't see them falling back out of the, the four if, if they can continue this, yeah. this streak. We talk about teams that we don't know what we're going to get get from, and game to game, it's a great mystery which team's going to t- turn up. The Cairns Taipans. Yeah. They ended up having a good win against the Adelaide 36ers, mm-hmm. but they started off the game giving up the first 15 points, mm. and Adam Ford basically went 5 for 5 with, a, with the rotations of his starters off for his bench players, and surprisingly one of those was Bull Kowal, who yeah. didn't start the game, but he did come on and have an, have an impact. Um, they ended up winning, keeps their season alive. But boy, they're, they're tough to predict, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And that's probably why I think they'll probably just miss out on the six. Yeah. Just because, I mean, they're, they're their own worst enemy as well. You know, they, we've spoken about it plenty, but, you know, you don't know which team you're going to get from game to game, but you don't know what team you're going to get from quarter to quarter no. either. It's <laughs> They've had quarters where they've been unbelievable and defensively they've been so hard to score on and then being able to push out of that, they've been so tough in transition, especially when you've got a guy like Taj McCall pushing in transition. Mm. Like he's, he's one of the best in transition. He's so tough to stop yeah. the way he can, you know, Euros and, and even just leads the charge and, you know, kicking the ball ahead. But then, you know, next quarter they'll come out and they'll just be leaking points mm. and not be able to stop anyone, yeah. which then means they can't run. And, and that's probably where they're the best. And, mm. you know, when they're bogged down into their offences, I don't think they're uh, as good as, as quite a few other teams in front of them. Yeah. But, yeah, look, uh, they've, they've been better than I thought they were going to be mm-hmm. with, with such a young team. Mm. I'd love it if Paul Quall would figure out, you know, when he's on three or four fouls and stop being so up and in. Mm. Um, he's too aggressive, oh, isn't he? You don't just, need to be that aggressive with your hands on every single No, play. you don't. And, you know, the, the thing that is frustrating with him is, and we, we've spoken about it a few weeks ago when we did our kind of mid-season um, review of, a, of the season so far, he would be 
top two or three in, in defensive player of the year voting for me mm-hmm. if he didn't look he's fouled out three or four times now I think yeah. and even, had, if, even if he doesn't foul out he's always in he's foul always trouble. in foul trouble yeah. it, just constantly you know mm-hmm. and it's it's always those one or two that he gets in every single game where he just tries to be way well he's just way too overzealous mm-hmm. really he's too up and in he's using his hands too much mm-hmm. and they call that every single time, mm. and every single time it happens, he just looks shocked and surprised that it's that it's a foul. He's, yeah, that's that's the interesting part for me because that suggests to me that he's not, he doesn't feel like he's doing anything wrong, yeah. so he's not learning from it, so he's not trying to change what mm. he's what he's doing. He just has to accept that he's going to keep getting these calls against yeah. him, doesn't he? Yep. No, yeah. absolutely. Even if he thinks it's wrong, he has to accept it, accept that that's the re- reality. Well, that's it, and that's that's one thing that he can probably adjust to. You yeah. know, it's. I've commented so many times on as a player that you know you want to be able to adjust to what the refs are calling. Mm. That's one thing that has been consistent from mm. the refs this year is mm-hmm. that kind of up and in and using your hands yes. and and your hips to to try and move the guy with the ball. Like mm. they, they call that nearly every single time. So that's something you can adjust to, and that's something that he needs to just take that half step back. He's got the length to still mm. be disruptive, mm. you know. Um, but it's tough, you know. That's that's kind of what he's out there to do. So, mm. you know, it's it's just he's he's just got to figure out how to stay out on the floor for his team because mm. they're so mm. much better with him out on oh, the floor. Yeah. Uh, and it's not all his fault, but at the same time, if Cairns want to be a team that plays in the in the playoffs or makes the top six, they can't be sending a team to the foul line forty six times no. like they did with Adelaide. Yeah, no, you you can't be doing that, and especially a team like Adelaide. Mm. You know, so you're gonna you're gonna come across teams that um, put a lot more pressure on the rim than what they do. Mm. So you know, it's yeah, it's something they've got to fix straight away if they want a, want a chance at the six. They had to make do with their bigs against Adelaide as well, and that, mm. was, that was tough because they were against Isaac Humphreys. Yep. But Sam Wardenberg didn't play, as we touched on earlier. Interested in what happened with Sam Menenga, though. Yeah. He started the game, and they got way be- he was one of those players that got subbed out when mm. they fell way behind, giving up the first 15 points. And then he started the second half and got quickly subbed out again and didn't come back. Yeah. They were minus 18 in his, I think it was 4 minutes and 41 seconds. Are you surprised that... He didn't play more when they were without Wardenberg, or did you like how much AK Gack and Josh Roberts were providing that, that they just didn't need him? Oh, AK and Roberts were unbelievable. They were mm. awesome. Mm. They, were, they were really good. You know, we, we saw a bit of an emergence from from Gack, which was great. Yes, twenty-one um, points and fourteen rebounds. Yeah, he was awesome. He was awesome. And um, look, no, that doesn't surprise me. You know, he's obviously when he's come out that second time. He's obviously, you know, said something to to the coaching staff, and and Forty said, "All right, you can sit your butt down." You know, it's it is what it is. You know, and especially if you're playing four something minutes and you go uh, minus eighteen, <laughs> that's that's actually an impressive effort. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy to do, is it? Sticking with the tight ends, just quickly. What about the backcourt of Tajima McCall and Patrick Miller? They combined for fifty five points and seventeen assists. Um, they can have their bad nights too, but yes. gee, when they're playing like that, they're pretty impressive. Um, yeah, no, look, the, the combination of those two can be as good as anyone in the league mm-hmm. and also as poor as anyone in the league. So, Especially if they rely on their outside shot too much, yeah. which, which isn't their strength. No, it's not. It's not. But, you know, we've kind of seen this from McCall a bit. Mm. A bit up and down, probably a bit too much up and down for what they need, unfortunately, mm. and he finally got a flopping tech. <laughs> finally, <laughs> for throwing his head and... He did come back to back possessions. He, he did, did it on one where he tried to take the flop on the three, where yep. he thought he was he got connected when he was trying to land, mm-hmm. and then up the other end, the same defensive play, he got 
be flopped as well. And Mate, he, he could get attacked every single uh-huh. game. And he, he's an, like Bull. He's amazed when he gets a yeah. call against him, but he just needs needs to adjust it as well, doesn't <laughs> it's, he? Yeah, it, it's frustrating to watch. It is frustrating to watch that uh, every time he drives, his head throws back. Even if there's no one around him, it's just how he plays. He's just yeah. that herky jerky time type of player. And but I mean, he he does a good job of drawing fouls. Yeah. So you know, I think that's probably on the refs as well to to figure that out. Mm. You know, it's similar with with guys like Jesse and, and trying yes. to figure out when they actually take charges and when, mm. when they're flopping. Yeah. And I mean, that's probably as, as hard as anything to to ref. So yeah. um, you know, it is difficult. But uh, yeah, I mean. Finally got one, which is, which is uh, interesting to see. <laughs> yes, and I was in front of the home fans too, which mm. doesn't usually usually happen. Yeah. Um, the most the most memorable tech foul I'll always remember for flopping was the one that Ben Bedmanjin copped and got ejected in in Perth. I mm-hmm. think you were playing in yep. that in that game, Cody. He got he got ejected because he was on the wrong end of taking the second one, and yep. I'm not sure it was a flop, and he, yeah. he ended up getting ejected, which was. Unfortunate because yeah. walking out of RAC Arena in a Sydney uniform, having been ejected, can't be a lot of fun. No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. It's just kind of, yeah. I guess anyone in RAC Arena, if you're not in the red, mm-hmm. isn't any fun, especially when you've been ejected. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, not ideal. Last thing from round 15, and then we'll take a break and turn our attention to round 16. Who was the more surprising three-point shot maker for you out of this week? Cody, was it Tyrell Harrison who banked one in or Josh Roberts who hit the first of his NBL career for the Taipans? Uh, it has to be Tyrell because <laughs> it's side back step type shot that hit the top right corner of the backboard <laughs> and somehow went in. What I loved about it was he was all, already charging in for the offensive rebound and he was the most oh, amazed knew, person that it went in. Well, that's because he knew it was going <laughs> off the backboard. You know, He just thought it was going to bounce off the top of it or off the side and, yeah. and do an Angus Glover and come back to him <laughs> yes. and he was going to go dunk it. But... Uh, no, look, good to see both of them make threes. That, yeah. that's, uh, that's, that's awesome to see. But uh, yeah, Ties was, was probably the, the winner for me there. Yes. All right, let's take a break, hear from Tab Touch, and then we'll have our preview of round 16. Perfect. He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tab Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tab Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Okay, back on Hoop Seven's basketball hustle. I'm here with Cody Ellis. We're here thanks to Tap Touch, Cody. Our our multis were a bit more successful last week. Mm. Maybe maybe we're getting on a bit of a bit of a roll again. And yeah. including Bryce Cotton in them doesn't always hurt. And no. I, th- I think we had both Bryce and Mitch Creek, who we expected to have big games in what we thought would be the open air game, and well, they both delivered. Well, we're talking about Bryce and Creek here. It was interesting to see that obviously Phoenix weren't really ever going to win that game, mm. which is what we figured in the start. I mean, mm. they got it. They brought it back to within four, yep. which I thought was a very fair effort considering what Bryce did in the first half yeah. to them. And they're still without Gary Brown and Abdul Nader. Yeah. And I don't think Williams was... He didn't look, he, right. didn't look no, healthy, he didn't did look, he? didn't look right. Yeah. And he was... He didn't even look like he was mentally switched on the game. He was mm. all over the place. Mm. He was jumping at nothing on the defensive end. Yeah. And, and, but, gu- and gutting nobody in the yeah, end because he yeah, was sitting exactly, off tie. Exactly. But Creaky ended up outscoring Bryce, and it just it just never got mentioned really no. throughout the broadcast at all. And <laughs> yeah. look, it ended up being a twenty-one point win for the Cats mm. or something along those lines, and is what it is. And it but it was still all about Bryce and what he did in the first half. Mm. And mm. and yeah, it was it was it was funny because I remember watching it, and then you know Creaky would score, and then it popped up at the bottom that he had thirty-two points, mm. and I was like, 
that <laughs> hasn't even been spoken yeah. about. So it was it was just odd to see someone drop thirty six and it just really not be even mentioned. Mm, mm. <laughs> no, he it was impressive. I mean, he's one of those guys that at, there was times where in that first half it reminded me of his game against Sydney last year where he was going bucket for bucket mm-hmm. with um, Derek Walden Jr. That was an unbelievable game. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. But yeah, 45 and 46 those I two. I think games. it was. Yeah. Um, they were both on track for that. Bryce was on track for that until, like we said earlier, they just mm-hmm. completely denied him the ball yeah. in the second half. Round 16, Cody, thank, thanks to TabTouch. So head to the TabTouch app if you haven't downloaded it. Download it now and you can check out it. On the exclusives tab, we'll try to find you some winners from specific games but also just have a look through the markets there and you can find odds for all of these games and i haven't checked yet today cody but we talked about how bryce was probably a bit long at a dollar 40 for mvp last week he's got to have come down since then he's probably he's uh, realistically he should be at about a dollar oh one (laughs) so there's no one else even in the the discussion is there no there's not there's Um, not Uh, yeah even even with the slow start he had mm. uh, yeah the back end of the season and well really the last two-thirds of the season yeah. he's just been unbelievable yeah. and no one's even been close or as consistent. Mm. All right, so we get underway round 16. Thanks to Tab Touch, Wednesday night. We're back in Melbourne, first game in Melbourne for a little while, mm. but it's at the State Basketball Centre. Um, South East Melbourne Phoenix, if they're going to be any chance of staying in the, the play-in hunt, they need to win this game against the Adelaide 36ers who haven't been able to win on the road yet under no. Scott Ninnis. No, it's it's a tough one. Um, this is probably as good a chance as they're going to get with mm. kind of what Phoenix is going through mm. and bodies out and in and just kind of the story of Southeast since they've come into the league, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, look, I think the Phoenix figure it out on Wednesday and uh, and get this one because again, you know, Adelaide's one of those teams that you don't know who you're going to get mm. as well as, as Cairns. But uh, look, I think the Phoenix get this one. One player we didn't mention earlier in the show I wanted to bring up, Isaac Humphreys. Mm. Where does he rate right now in the best big man conversation in, oh, the, in the league? He's certainly up there. Mm. He's um, he's one of those guys that when they go to him and they play through him, they're such a better basketball yep. team. And we've seen it throughout games. We saw it on the weekend where yep. they were going to him and he was making things happen. And mm. then all of a sudden he doesn't touch the ball for five, six, seven, eight, yep. nine. 10 possessions in a row. Yep. And you can see him so visibly frustrated. Mm. It, it doesn't have to be in a position to score the ball, mm. but when he's got the ball in his hands, he just makes things happen. And in, especially in that game against Cairns, he had yeah. such advantages against oh, everyone he was constantly. being guarded by. Constantly. No one could guard him. Mm. And But, yeah, look, he's he's certainly up there. He's certainly one of my favourite bigs in the league. Scott Ninnis, after the game, talked about how he feels like he should be in the all-first team, but it's going to be tough to get into that team just because... It's now not a position-based team, yeah. so it's probably going to be all guards in, in fairness. Mm-hmm. But also he wants him to be in the Australian team going to the Olympics. Is, mm-hmm. uh, do you see either of those as possible? Uh, first team, no. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't see that happening, especially with you know where they are in the ladder. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the fact that he kind of gets iced some of the mm-hmm. games. you know. Yeah. Um, in terms of the Boomers team, that I think that would be... I'd take him over Bainesy right now yes, yes. in a heartbeat. Yep. And look, I think he could be a really good addition. Mm. I think he would fit into that FIBA game well as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, look, that's um, – I hadn't even thought of that. Mm. So, that's uh, yeah, that's a big call, but it uh, wouldn't surprise me if, if that did happen. I wouldn't mind having a genuine big like that mm. to allow Duop Reith or Jock Landale to not have to play all their minutes at the five. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, with – what we've seen from those two being able to stretch the floor mm. and shoot that, having those two in the four 
with with ice um, in the in the five would be mm. yeah that'd be um, fairly dominating I think yeah Thursday night okay this one will be interesting it it might be ugly too it's Could not be. always pretty when these two teams no. play but it's usually always quite dramatic the way whatever whatever way it plays out plus there's Playoff implications for both. So mm-hmm. the Illawarra Hawks trying to stay in the top six and trying to get into the top four. The Cairns Taipans just trying to get into one of those top six positions. They play in Wollongong on, on Thursday night. Yeah, this could be one of the fastest games we see yep. all season, um, especially with both teams. Well, the Hawks, more than anything, figuring out that their transition is, is what's key for them. But, I mean, Cairns, on the same hand, is once they're out in transition, they're just as good as any other team yeah. as well. So It's going to be first to, what, 110, yeah. possibly? Yeah, which will probably be a three-quarter time score, <laughs> yeah. I reckon, if, uh, if they're both on song. But, uh, no, look, I, I just think the Hawks are playing better basketball right now. I mm. think their defence has been better. Mm. Still not where it probably needs to be mm. come finals, mm. but uh, their, their defence has certainly been a lot better, and I, I think they get the better of cans here. Also, no Wardenberg still, but yeah. also Bobby Clintman is in doubt as well, which yeah. isn't going to help. No, no, it's not. And they've, they've had their fair share of issues yeah. as well yeah. um, with, with injuries that's kind of gone under the radar a bit. Mm. So, yeah, look, I mean, hopefully we see those guys back soon. Mm. But, uh, yeah, look, if, if they're both out, then that, uh, that makes, it, makes it hard. Friday night, this could be the best two-game mm. combination night that we've had in the, in the NBL this season. Two massive games for different, different reasons, but all four teams, well, they're the top four teams. Yeah. Top four teams, right? Well, four of the top no, five teams. Four Sydney's, of the top five. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, so, 20 percentage. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I mean, this is going to... We're going to learn a lot about every team, I think, in these two games. So, it starts Friday night in Hobart. Mm-hmm. Tasmania Jack Jumpers against Melbourne United. The Jack Jumpers, like we talked about earlier, they've been they've been losing games, but they haven't been necessarily that bad. No. So, they've been close, but they do need to get back to winning. And Melbourne's a team that they've had the wood over, yes, they have. surprisingly. Um, but Melbourne have had a full week to prepare. Mm-hmm. You would assume that... Joe Luai Latour will be back. We'll just have to wait and see on, on Shea Ely. Mm-hmm. What are you expecting? Uh, look, I, I'd assume Shea's probably out. Yeah, I think they're going to be overly cautious, especially coming into playoffs soon. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be overly cautious with him. So it wouldn't surprise if he wasn't in at all. Yep. JLA will be a big if. If mm. he's in, then uh, that probably that changes them a lot. Mm. But look, Tazzy's just kind of figured out how to play Melbourne. Really in the past year or their whole probably, existence. Probably, probably yeah. their whole existence. They're right. the ones that knocked, knocked, knocked them out of the semifinals yeah, in that first yeah. year. No, you're right. So they're just kind of one of those one of those bogey teams for Melbourne. Mm. So, you know, while they've had a week to prepare, that's not always the best thing either. Mm-hmm. But look, I'm, I'm sure Melbourne's been concentrating on themselves because they haven't been playing their best basketball either. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago that they're, they're kind of in that weird stage of the season where they're, I mean, they're going to finish on top fairly handily you'd think and they've been so dominant that you know it's just kind of become they've kind of kind of just fallen back and not really been as dominant as they Mm. were to start Mm. the season and just kind of getting by rather than coming out and really blitzing teams they're just kind of doing what they need to 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 get wins and you know come come finals that's not going to get it done Mm. but look i think tazzy's really got their backs against the wall so i think they're going to uh they're going to come out and get this one Second up on Friday night, I'm excited for this one because last time we saw the Perth Wildcats and Brisbane Bullets play at RSA Arena, things almost got as bad as they were going to get for the Wildcats and yep. you know we thought things were in a pretty bad way after that loss to Brisbane. Mm. They've been able to turn it around remarkably since, um, but it was kind of the start of Brisbane turning things around mm. as well by showing that they could win in Perth. They're now both on a four-game winning streak coming into this game. 
I'm looking forward to it, but I don't know what to expect. No, I have, I've actually got no idea either. Look, I, I do think the cats probably get it, but it's a tough one. It, it really is a tough one. I, I think that... Mm. Just on Bryce, you don't stop him. No, no one can stop him. But is Sam McDaniel the best matchup of at least trying to stop him being Slow a match him. winner? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think he... Yeah, he probably is. I mean, I don't, I don't mean on Brisbane's team, but I mean across the league. Across the league, the best? no, absolutely, yeah. 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 No, I, I think so because he's just got that size as yep. well yep. that guys like Shea and Delhi don't quite have. Yeah. They've got yeah. the strength for it, sure. but Sam's just that bit taller. Yeah. And, and well, he can play as a foreman as he has exactly, in the last exactly. uh, at exactly. times. And then, and then you're switching Norto on, onto yep. him as well. And Shannon you know, Scott's a good defender. Yeah, Soves, if, if he's there, like I think – They've got the right pieces to be able to throw at him, mm. but it's always tough. You know, still, you still want to stop him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, look, I, I think the Cats get it, but uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm certainly not sold on the Wildcats winning it, but I, I'll pick them. <laughs> Who scores more, Bryce or Nathan Sobey? <sighs> um, that's a tough one. Depends if Doolittle's in. I don't think he will be. I don't think he will mm. be. So Sobi might Sobi might get off a little bit because mm-hmm. I'd imagine that Doolittle I think he would be the matchup for him, yeah. If, if it's not him, it's probably someone like a Ty or Bryce that has to try to stop Sobe, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. So that's, that's yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who scores more. Mm. Look, I, I think probably go with Bryce, especially being in Perth. Mm. But it's going to be – I think those two are, are going to – I think they're going to score a fair yes. fair amount of points between the two of them. Yep, they'll put on a show, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, into the weekend, Saturday, New Zealand Breakers back at home at, in Auckland, hosting the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Must have been game for both teams. Yeah, it is. It, it really is. And both teams kind of right there, but, I mean, just not quite doing what we thought they would do mm. um, in the, at the start of the year. Well, they're both on three-game losing streaks now. Yeah, it's not ideal. So, well, someone's going to change that <laughs> up. Yes, hey. yes. So, look, I think it depends on if Phoenix have their full cohort or not. Mm. Um, I think before before Sydney uh, dismantled them, uh, the Breakers were in pretty good form. They have been, yeah. You know, I think... You I know, mean, even the, even the two games they'd lost before that was a, on the buzzer to Melbourne, and mm. before that it was a pretty good effort against yeah. Perth. Yeah, so you know you, you play the top freaking three teams. You know <laughs> yes. what do you what do you expect? Yep. So, look, I think New Zealand get it, but hopefully we see a full Phoenix squad as well. Because mm. if if both teams are, are fit and healthy, it should be a good game. Yeah. Second up on Saturday, um, Illawarra Hawks and the Adelaide Thirty Sixers. Their second game of the weekend for both. I would imagine there's too much at stake for the Hawks to let it slip, isn't there? I think so. I think so. If they're serious about making the playoffs and, mm. and making the six and or making the four, really. Yep. Uh, this is a must-win for them. Um, I do think they get it, but it's it's going to be interesting to see how they try and stop guys like Isaac mm. and, and DJ. Another thing we didn't mention earlier in the show is a new addition to Illawarra Hawks as well mm. for the rest of the season with Dan Greeter out injured. Yes, yes. So um, Kyle Adnam mm. from the from the looks of yes. things back to his old stomping grounds, mm. uh, which is which is cool to see. Look, I think he'll be a really good addition for him. I think he suits how they play. Yep. So. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he plays a whole lot because he's got mm. a couple imports that are in <laughs> yes. front of him in, in, in his position. But, uh, yeah, look, obviously never good to see someone out for the season mm. and Dan Greeter has had just as much bad luck as yeah. anyone yes. uh, in the league yeah. with, with injuries. And, mm. 
hopefully we see him back um, back soon. But uh, yeah, it looks like Kyle Adnam slotting in for the rest of the season mm. for the Hawks. So that'll be interesting. Two more games on Sunday. <laughs> These are two more huge games. This is this is going to be a hell of a round, Cody. First up, back in Sydney, Kudos Bank Arena, Sydney Kings and the Perth Wildcats. These games never disappoint. Right now, you know, Perth's trying to stay in second. Sydney's still trying to mm-hmm. break into that top two, let alone consolidate top four. This will be their first game since their big win over the Breakers. Perth with a short turnaround from Friday night at home to Brisbane, then playing this one. And it's the early game on Sunday, so, so that doesn't help their cause. What do you think? We've seen lots of these really yeah. short turnarounds, yeah. haven't we? Especially last weekend. I feel like there was three or four teams that only had a day and a half's break yeah. with travel yeah. to, to prepare for, for their second game. So not ideal, especially when you start the week on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so, look, interesting, but, you know, that's part of it. Again, I think it depends on Doolittle. I, I mm. think we're going to really see, especially if he's out, for this weekend, we're gonna we're gonna see how important he is to this Wildcats yeah, team, for sure. Um, which is what we've been harping on for yeah. for weeks now. Mm. Sydney will come in feeling good about themselves. I think Perth will either come in feeling good about themselves or with their backs against the wall and, mm. and ready to fight. Mm. So it's going to be a, a fun game, and it usually is between these yes. two. So I do think that the Cats get it. Yeah, I, th- I think the Cats will get it. Because um, I'm not sure how well Sydney will adapt to a bit of adversity mid-game, yep. and yeah, you know, the cats aren't going to roll mm. over and and die like New Zealand did, unfortunately. <laughs> no, no. So yeah, look, I, I think the cats get it. You feel like Jalen Adams and Bryce Cotton will really rise for the challenge of playing against each other, even if they're not directly matched up, just mm. being out there. Uh yeah. Look, we're going to get what we get from Bryce. That doesn't mm. change. No. Doesn't matter who he's playing. Sure. But Jalen Adams has been so up and down so far mm. this season. You know he's had some really good games. And when we saw these two match up earlier in the season, we expected that. And mm. Jalen Adams had pretty poor game. Yep. So hopefully, look, hopefully they do both rise to the occasion. I'd love to see both of them drop mm. thirty. That'd be great. <laughs> Last game of the round, and it, this won't disappoint either. Mm. So big game for the two Queensland teams: the Cairns Taipans at home to the Brisbane Bullets. Sunshine Stoush. Yes. Plenty of spice between these two teams. Too. They, they don't like each other. Um, what do you think? I think that's an understatement. They're <laughs> yes. not liking each other. Look, I, it's a tough one because, you know, a lot on the line for both teams, especially with both of them playing tough games yeah. before this. Um, Cairns with an extra day's break um, and coming home. but uh, And a bit less travel. Yeah, a little bit less travel. But uh, it's tough. I, I, think, I think Brizzy get it. I just think they're playing a better brand of basketball right now. Mm. But then again, you know, if we get the cans that can beat anyone in the mm-hmm. league, then, you know, that's it's going to be a tough game. Um, but but I do think Brizzy get it. That's a lot to digest, Cody. That, that'll be that, – we're going to have a lot to come back and talk about next week because we're going to learn a lot, I think, over these these next five days of, mm. days of action. Um, so head to Tab Touch to try to let us help you find a winner. You can – Check out the exclusives that we come up with and also the markets for each game. So just go to tabtouch.com.au or the TabTouch app. Or if you need any sort of basketball shoes, Cody, or any sort of merchandise, head to hoop7 at hoop7.com.au. That's enough from me, Cody. Um, let's sign off for this week and I'll let you have the, the final say. Yeah, look, I think we'll finally see a little bit of separation on the ladder between a couple of teams this weekend. Mm. So it's, uh, it's going to be a big round and, uh, yeah, it's going to be lots to talk about next week. He'll make it for sure. 
Now that's why I backed him on Tab Touch. Hey, Luke. Yes, Gene Simmons. He's probably the best when it comes to this stuff. Thanks, Gene. You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.